as you know, there are still several wildfires burning in B.C. and a lot of questions are being asked about fighting those fires, suppressing the fires and how to better perhaps manage the forests of this province. Well, joining me to talk more about this is Justin Angle, Associate Professor in the Department of Business. He also hosts A New Angle, which is a podcast at the University of Montana. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We are dealing with a lot of wildfires in BC and we have had some, well, about 70 structures and one of the biggest fires destroyed. What are your thoughts on when it comes to suppressing fires and how we're fighting fires and how things have changed in that area? Gosh, I, I think the, you know, when, when, when we get fires this time of the year, our, our hands are pretty tied. Full suppression sort of has to be the strategy employed by the agencies that fight fire. Um, although in many cases it's um, less suppression and more just trying to wait it out for a, a season ending rain event. Um, to me, the question of suppression is not necessarily if it's appropriate now, it's, it's more along the lines of where are we allocating resources in general throughout the year? Um, you know, the suppression budget tends to dominate most of the resources allocated to the agencies. And it'd be nice to see some of those resources get moved into, you know, things like prescribed burning and other kinds of treatment that can be deployed um, in a preventative way uh, throughout more of the year. Uh, things like looking at what's on the forest floor uh, I, and in BC specifically in, in some of our forests we've had the pine beetle which has left a lot a very dry kind of kind of dead wood is it is it looking do you think at the fuels and what the forests look like in the the non-wildfire season yeah I, I, I think that's right there there are, are, are long times of the year where it's appropriate to be looking at maybe introducing more fire onto the landscape with prescribed burning and controlled burning. Um, and then to your point about accumulated fuels, like we've been um, particularly here in the United States, and I think it's similar policy in BC as well, um, you know, suppressing fires and having that being a priority has led to the accumulation of fuels on the landscape and a lot of forests that um, are clogged up and and ready to, uh, you know, that overabundance of fuels makes, is, is a contributing factor to making the fires we experience during fire season um, more intense and, and more difficult to control and suppress. We've uh, seen, I think a lot of people have seen uh, the destruction in Maui, the town of Lahaina. And one of the images that came out was, uh, I know a lot of people were calling it the miracle house of Lahaina. And it's this one house that's still standing with just destruction all around it. And and, and one of the, the things that was being talked about about that house was it had river rock around it for a, for a section. It had a, a steel roof instead of a shingle roof. Is that an example of maybe how we're going to have to change our building if we're talking about building in in wildfire areas, making homes and structures more resistant? I think that's a big part of the equation here. Uh, uh, You know, one of the reasons we're seeing um, the level of destruction we're seeing with wildfires is how we've built and where we've built. We've continued to build uh, further and further into uh, wildfire-prone areas, and um, 
in a lot of these areas are are more rural and have less uh, regulations and zoning codes and guidelines around uh, how things are built and the infrastructure to support that building, meaning roads and, and access for fire crews. So to your point about the specific way that homes are constructed, that's a, a big part of it, making your home more resilient. That could be the materials you use for your siding. That could be the materials you use for your roof um, in the basic construction, but it could also be how you maintain that home. Um, how do you design the landscaping? Do you keep vegetation uh, trimmed back from the home? Do you keep your gutters clean? Do you avoid um, allowing or do you avoid storing flammable materials under your deck, for example? Um, there's this concept of the home ignition zone. It's the area you know, immediately surrounding the home, and you can think of it as a set of concentric rings the area immediately surrounding the home being kind of the most important to tend to first, but the risk factors continue as, as, as you move further from the home. Um, but yeah, how we build and where we build and how we maintain the homes that we do have uh, is a big part of the equation. And that home in Lahaina that you're talking about is a great example. There are ways we can protect our homes and you know, often in the media, we see the biggest risk to a home portrayed as this, you know, large flaming front overtaking a structure. Much more often, the thing that causes a home to ignite is a floating ember lofted in from miles away, and it finds a weak spot in a home. That could be a, a dirty gutter or a piece of vegetation that is um, touching a roof, for example. So, yeah, um, how we build, where we build, and how we maintain are, are big parts of the equation. And uh, and just kind of uh, going on that as well, the the personal uh, responsibility, I suppose, or looking at uh, per, homes and structures, and also uh, to go back how we started talking about suppression, uh, is it important as well though that we we still make sure that we're understanding the the importance of wildfires and the, what that fires do also uh, promote healthy ecosystems that there there is a good side to them, obviously not interface fires, but that there is a, a positive to wildfires absolutely wildfires are a vital part of ecosystems they're a vital part of forest health forests have adapted um, to have wildfire be a part of their life cycle um, periodic fire is very normal in the historical record and a lot of species rely on fire both um, species of trees and other plants but also you know, birds and other mammals rely on periodic fire to to maintain a healthy balance in the ecosystem. So a certain amount of fire is necessary. Back to your initial question of the kind of conditions of our forests, the, the notion of suppressing fire and taking it out of the landscape completely has allowed uh, our, our forests to be out of balance. And so I think uh, we need to, to, to understand that yeah yeah fire is, is a scary thing and it's a destructive thing and it, and it is for good reason but at the same time it's a natural part of of landscapes and ecosystems and we need to kind of understand that sometimes fire needs to play its uh, natural role and sometimes agencies need to be given the bandwidth to um to allow it to play that role certain fires should be maybe allowed to burn during certain times of the year if the conditions are right and they're not threatening and then in some instances, we need to be introducing more fire to the landscape to kind of 
uh, restore the balance that we've lost. All right, uh, Dr. Engel, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.